Good morning, everybody. This is Slash with Guns N' Roses, best guitarist in the country. You're listening to the PCS Podcast. So everybody, sit, buckle up, get set. Here comes your host, Ian Rodriguez. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Slash. What a fine introduction by a fine gentleman. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Slash created music for, obviously, Guns N' Roses by Data East, but subsequently, Slash worked with Sega and made guitar music and wrote music for Viper Night Drive-In. That's your fun fact of the day, everybody. Thank you for joining me. This is Ian Rodriguez. You're listening to the PCS Podcast. Pinball and cool stuff. What kind of cool stuff's been going on out here in sunny Southern California? Let's just say this, the desert season is around the corner. Get your dirt bikes ready, get your quads ready, get your RVs ready. We are going to the desert. That's right, in two short weeks from today, I'll be saddling up and getting the the kids together, the RV packed, the quads are ready. And we're going to be getting dirty out in Ocotillo Wells in about two weeks. If you haven't been to Southern California's fine deserts, you really need to try it. There are cacti, there are mesquite bushes, there are creosote bushes, there are beautiful rocks, beautiful crystals to be found. It's a real, real pleasure. At night, we take the black lights out and go find scorpions where, if you didn't know this, you get a UV light, it's a black light, and you can go out there and shine them and the scorpions glow in the dark. What kind of fun is that, right? Bring your coffee can to store your scorpion pets in and bring them home. Put them in a terrarium, watch them grow, and really just enjoy the whole experience. So, uh, Guns N' Roses is still a topic, obviously. Um, It's really the hottest topic, and I have some sort of final takeaways from the game um, before I sort of hopefully get it shipped to my house, whenever that'll be, right? So everybody's asking the question of when they're going to be shipping, etc. There's a lot of questions, but let me just say this. This game, after looking at the reveal streams and watching SDTM do their little review, um, let's just say this, there's hardware everywhere. There's an upper play field, there's a, there's a buck up there, there's a six ball lock up there, there is a four string base wire form right return ramp up there on the left side. Um, the ball is kind of going everywhere in this game. It's going up, it's going down, it's subway action from the scoop. And uh, I think there's subway action from another spot as well, but I'm not sure. There's a left ramp diverter, of course, which either returns left flipper or diverts to the upper play field. Um, There's another diverter, I want to say underneath there somewhere. Uh, There's a third flipper that has three shots on it, to my my knowledge. Um, So this ball really is traveling each and every way. Um, The, let's see, the base head has a diverter. Um, Is it an easy shooter? I think Straight Down the Middle was asking that question with their with their first impressions video. I think it'll be a fairly conventional shooter, but the idea is the ball's kind of go, coming and going every which way, um, so it'll make it an interesting shooter. I think it will be easier by comparison to, to some other games. Um, I mean, easy compared to what, though? What do you? What's your rubric there? Easy compared to Pirates? I think Pirates is an easy game to keep the ball going. I think it's a long ball time game. That's my opinion. I got to play it at my buddy Pete's house. He's got the LE. And the game is easy to stay alive on. 
Um, it's a heck of a lot of fun, and uh, it's very, very uh, engaged as a as a play field. It's, it's there's there's all sorts of stuff going on, but again, I think it's just pretty easy shooter, not brutal at all. So we'll see what happens. I don't know who's going to get their game first out here in Southern California, but I've had a couple friends already indicate that they're not getting it immediately. I, I think I will get it immediately. I think I'll be hopefully one of the first in the group to get it, and uh, we'll just see what happens. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of lights, as I've probably mentioned a hundred times, and so for that reason, this game's going to really light up my fire. I thought Rick and Morty was the best lit game ever until I saw this game, and now I know it's I know this game is the best lit game ever, and so it's going to be very very exciting to play in a dark room and experience all that is the light show and sound package for JJP's Guns and Roses. So we are going to sort of stop there with the GNR uh, reviews and comments, and until maybe until next week or so, hopefully we can see some more videos. But when I was looking at GNR and looking at Wonka and looking at Stearns and you know in my collection, I, I started thinking about um, the, the idea of mechanical versus kinetic pinball. Now, when you see when you when you hear the word kinetic, you, you think motion, right? Motion and momentum. And Keith Elwin coined the term kinetic satisfaction for his designs, where it feels good the way the ball's moving and where it's going. It, it's kinetic satisfaction, and also where the ball lands like a scoop or a ramp or a like a diverter right how the ball is conducting movement um, so kinetic pinball and mechanical pinball when I think of kinetic pinball I think of Steve Ritchie I think of Stern when I think of mechanical pinball I think of JJP I think of Eric Minier I think of Pat Lawler um, JJP's original slogan when they released Oz Wizard of Oz I, I should say was mechanical action pinball. I can't remember exactly what they said, but the, one of their marketing phrases was bringing mechanical action pinball back to market, right? So that was their big thing. And they still hold true to it today, I think, in many respects, although not completely like Wizard of Oz, as we've come to find out, their bomb has been reduced from that game. But anyway, their, their mission is to create mechanical action pinball, and I respect that. Um, Richie versus Lawler, for example. So Lawler creates Wonka, Richie creates Black Knight Sword of Rage, Rick, Richie creates Star Trek. So, in my opinion, Star Trek is not a mechanical action type pinball game. It is my favorite Richie game by a lot. And I mean by a lot. My buddy Pete's got a beautiful version in his home, a Star Trek Pro. And the game is fantastic, perfectly designed, sound package is amazing, lighting is even ahead of its time in my opinion. But it's very kinetic. The ball is literally at light speed, just transitioning throughout the playfield. Three flippers, impossible to hit the warp ramp, unless you're like an ace. I can get it once in a while. But anyway, the, the experience of Star Trek is very kinetic. It's very fast ball movement, just whipping around, surviving, 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 speed, momentum, impact. There's nothing in that game that's mechanical except for the center shot target which is the Star Trek, Star Trek Enterprise okay and even that's like a drop target plus a like a ball lock in there okay so not terribly mechanical um, in the in the pinball sense but it's a mechanical device nonetheless so it's but like I said it's a Steve Ritchie game it's based on speed and momentum and difficulty it's a kinetic experience now compare that with even an old Lawler game like Earthshaker it's mechanical. 
you have diversion going on, you have bucks, you have subways, you have another buck, you have a you have this this experience where the where things are moving around on the play field, okay? And the prototypes had a disappearing institute of earthquakes. It literally sank beneath the playfield. So let's go to Wonka. You have a rotating scoop. You have a subway of a buck. You have this, just a different aspect. You have magnets holding the ball in place. Um, I think it's more enhanced. Let's go to Monopoly. You have the bank door. You have mechanical action opening the door. Um, you have the scoop. Uh, you know, it's... To me, it's it's more mechanical pinball. Um, let's go to JJP's Pirates of the Caribbean. You have mechanical action with the pirate ship. You have a cannon shot. You have the trunk. Although it didn't lock, you can get that going. The, the wheel spinning in the middle of the playfield. So it's mechanical action pinball. Um, it depends what you like more. And let, let's put it this way: like Iron Maiden, which is a game I, I have and I love, is is a kinetic game. It's not a mechanical type game. I think you can say that there's mechanical elements, and I agree, but like the ramp and the scoop, right? Like, that's that's mechanical, but it's not just swimming in mechanical elements. The game is just loop repeat and just three, four flippers, just, you know, crazy ball action, crazy ball momentum, crazy speed, precise shooting, and that's the game. So, what's better? It's up to what you think. If you love Richie, then you're probably not going to love Lawler. I like Richie a lot. I think he's a good designer. I love Lawler, though, and I love Eric Meneer as a designer. Um, I think that their catalogs are different, but I think Lawler's catalog is a lot better. Um, let's talk about Lawler some more here. Um, oh, you know what? Before I, before I continue into Lawler and JJP for a minute, let me just issue the most unpopular opinion known to pinball. And my unpopular opinion is this. The Shadow is Brian Eddy's best game. But why is that? The Shadow is, is in my opinion, Brian Eddy's best game. There are ramp diverters on two ramps. There are four buttons on the cabinet. There are There is a unique playfield design with an up-close ramp like Monopoly right on your left side there, near the left flipper. You have a magnet ball lock, the, what is it called? I forget what it's called, but it's an amazing ball, ball disappearing act in there. There, there's a great orbit. There's an upper play field with where you battle the power or the what is it? The battlefield. That's the power is Twilight Zone. Excuse me. The battlefield is the shadow. So there's just so much going on in that game. So much fun ball interaction and, and kinetic and mechanical action in that game. Um, so I think it's his best game. Why is Medieval Madness not? It's because it's the same layout. What is it? The same as AFM? I think it is. Right. That's the whole thing. Um, so it's kind of a re a, a re theme. The castle is radical. It's very cool and interactive. Um, but I just don't find the experience as diverse for for uh, medieval madness as I do for Shadow. So that's my unpopular opinion. Now let me continue into JJP. Have you guys heard of Pat Lawler Design? Have you heard of that PLD company? Of course, that's of course Pat Lawler's design firm that designs pinball machines. PLD has been around since 2000, I believe, and I want to say their first game that they developed was for Stern, and it was Monopoly in 01. So why does PLD matter? PLD is Pat's firm. It's not JJP, it's not Stern. They separately tag each game PLD along with whatever the maker is, like Stern or JJP, okay? You'll see the, you'll see the icon, the logo on the back glass, all right? So PLD is his thing. Now why does that matter? 
I'll say I'll tell you why it matters. So when you keep something in-house, like JJP has in-house designers, artists, accountants, whatever, right? Managers, um, assembly persons. It's a it's an overhead cost, right? You can control it. It's under your own roof. You you basically own that cost. You you dictate the terms of work for that element of your personnel or your staff, right? You you pretty much that's your people. When you outsource, things change. They're an independent contractor. They do not play by your rules. They do what they want and they charge you a certain rate. All right? They get the job done, but they do it their way and they charge you what they charge you. You don't have any control over that unless you just want to go find a new vendor, okay? So why does this matter? So, let me give you an analogy. In construction, in-house, we have engineers, we have project managers, we have superintendents, we have laborers, we have an attorney, we have an in and what is it? The information technology department. We have CPAs in-house. Now, why do they do that? It's because it's a cost savings. If they can pay somebody a salary to work in-house, they will save as opposed to hiring outside CPAs, engineers, or attorneys at an hourly rate. Why is that? Because for 40 hours a week, you're paying an attorney, for example, in-house counsel, so much money. If you hired an outside attorney 40 hours a week for 52 weeks in a year, you'd be spending, I'd say. 12 times as much money. So anyway, you get the point here. If it's in-house, it's a lot more controllable as a cost, it's a reduced cost, and it's something that you keep under your roof and you control. Okay, so let's compare let's let's go to the JJP thing. They're outsourcing they are outsourcing PLD to design games. Okay? So Lawler's out there in his own office somewhere probably running the show, designing his games and consulting them. He's sending them a bill. All right? So that naturally makes PLD's games more expensive for R&D and development than Eric's games. So that means the bomb, whatever that bomb is, let's say it's five million bucks per game. Let's say a million of it goes to R&D to Pat Lawler's firm, and then the rest of it goes to whatever they spend money on for bomb for 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 getting the game, or excuse me, for R&D for getting the game to production, right? So I guarantee you, Lawler's R&D costs are double what Eric's are. I guarantee it. Okay? So, with less costs, excuse me, so with more costs sunk into R&D for Lawler's games, guess what's going to happen to the bomb? The bomb's going to be reduced because now they have to spread that cost over more games to keep their margin the same for every game. All right? So, and it, with Eric's case, they're spending less on R&D, which means they can enhance the bomb because their margin will be 14% per game or whatever on every game if it's Lawler's game or Eric's. So what I mean is, since they're spending less on R&D, they get to put that savings into the bomb and give you more game to keep their margin the same on every game sold, okay? That's why this matters, everybody. I hope it's not too complex, and I hope you get the basic concept that if something's in-house, you're gonna save money doing it. Eric's in-house. I don't know for how much longer, but I do know that Eric's in-house now. Let's hope it stays that way. Let's hope that Let's hope that the team at JJP pays him enough to stay. Because I don't think that guy has to. And if I were him, I'd think about being my own firm like Lawler is. Because he's that high demand, he's that important, and he's that good. <sighs> so, that's my opinion on that. Um, I don't know if you agree, but if you don't, send me send me an email. S-P-F-L-I-R-O-D at yahoo.com. That's S-P-F-L-I-R-O-D at yahoo.com. So we're learning now, and honestly, I think you can see it. Look at GNR LE versus Wonka LE. I think there's more in the GNR game, and I think it's noticeable, and I think it's obvious, and I think it's substantial. 
all right? I don't think that Wonka is a high bomb game. I just don't. The Wonka Vision, it's an LCD screen. How much are those for real? Like $22 if you buy them wholesale, 20, 20 bucks? Even the large LCD is not that expensive if you buy them wholesale. So I'm just thinking, yeah, if you look at the LE for GNR, you got a heck of a lot more upper play field element. I mean, it's just, there's so much more. Um, I just think it's obvious. So that's why I think the bomb is better on Eric's games. Uh, I hope it makes sense. But anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. It's Friday. Hope you enjoy your Friday. Finish your week strong. Go get it today and uh, be safe and sober, at least sort of sober, this weekend. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Take care.